So this week we're back, back to giving the shear. And the topic this week is of a more general nature, uh, hopefully the more uh, of just a general interesting nature, not necessarily something specifically that we're learning. And uh, this year was inspired by a story, an anecdote that uh, someone shared a few days ago. <clears throat> a few days ago someone shared that certain Chashavim Ashpia, I'm not going to drag his name into this uh, into the, you know, this context, but uh, certain Chashavim Ashpia and Chabad related the following zikarin, the following memory that he has, that in the early years, he says, the Rebbe used to drop off the mail himself in the mailbox, and once, uh, Rav Aaron Cutler, Rosh Hashiva of Lakewood, wrote in one of the Kaifzim, person who shared it originally said Apardis, then he said no, he wasn't sure if it was Apardis or Hamar, we'll see which one in a moment, but one of the Kaifzim and Halacha that were active at the time, so Rav Aaron Cutler said, he wrote, that Asr to send mail out of Shabbos. So a few weeks later, I guess it's implied that everyone was watching, everyone wanted to see what's the Rebbe going to do, what's the, what's the Rebbe's response. A few weeks later they saw that the Rebbe went to the mailbox as usual and out of Shabbos. That's the, that's the story. Okay, so my first uh, instinct, my first reaction when I heard the story is, uh, is this a serious story or is this uh, the kind of thing that Bachrim uh, back then uh, convinced themselves or, you know, or whatever. So the first, the, the thing that's perhaps easier to check is whether anything, any such thing was published in the Kaifzim at the time. So as we shall see, in fact, there is very, uh, there's quite a lot of material on this subject documenting this Parsha back then. And I think it's a fairly interesting uh, Parsha to discuss. So that's what we're going to discuss here. So, in fact, I found it not in Apardis, but in Hamar, uh, just as by way of introduction, to introduce you or to refresh your familiarity, Hamar was a kaivitz in Halacha that was published here in Brooklyn, uh, began in Tavshin Yud, Adar Tavshin Yud, actually, the first kaivitz, it has a, a shtikl about the feed, the Gareb is passing, um, and it was published for many, many years following. In fact, it's still essentially being published till today. The editor, the Miyasid, was Rav Meir Amsel, uh, who was in charge till his passing in 2007. Rav Meir Amsel uh, was born in Hungary, but he wasn't, I guess you could say, your typical Haredi Hungarian Rav that gravitated towards Hisachtos or towards other groups. He was a Rav in Borough Park. He was his own, as far as I know, he was his own individual his own personality, and he uh, feared Tish through the kaivitz of Hamar. In fact, he uh, had some friction with some of the more right-wing Hungarian uh, communities, etc. Uh, he seemed to remain fairly close, affiliated, aligned with Chabad. At, uh, at some point, they started printing the Rebbe's Taira, uh, I think in every kaivitz or every few kaivitzim. And uh, he, in the last few years of the Kaivet, the last few years of his life already, the Kaivet uh, you know, fell from its former glory. But 
it's still was still published, and it's still being published till today, even after he passed away. Uh, in some senses, I would say that it's a bit of a zombie kavitz, and that uh, it's still coming out, and no one's uh, quite sure, you know, what, what you know what's going on there, and why it's being printed. But on the other hand, I have come across that sometimes you have young writers, people that want to write such shtickle and taira, they're looking for a place to publish it. You will sometimes find interesting quality. Shtiklach, even in Hamar till today, I think, pretty sure I quoted something uh, someone wrote in Hamar a few years ago in another shir. Uh, one of the interesting things you could see about Hamar is how at an earlier stage, how much more communication there was between different communities, and as we'll see in this discussion, how uh, Litvisha and Hungarian Rabbanim are all uh, participating in a discussion. Not, that doesn't always mean that they uh, understood what the, uh, what the other one was saying. They spoke different uh, languages, even in Halacha. But uh, there's still uh, a lot more of an active uh, participation from various uh, corners of the Haredi community, and as we shall see. So, in Hamar, Issue, which is already a few issues into this discussion. Let's begin from how this discussion began and uh, see what, what was going on. So in Hamar, issue number 51, which was published the date of Adar Tavshin Tezvav, so 55, the following shtickle appears there by Rav Tuvia Goldstein. Ram Yeshivas Yaakov Yosef, New York. So... Just to introduce him briefly as well, Tovia Goldstein happens to be a name that I'm familiar with from growing up. Um, my mother's father, Zangazunt, uh, who learned in Teravadas, uh, I've understood that he had a kasher at some point with Tovia Goldstein. Tovia Goldstein was born in Poland, but in Poland he ended up going to Navardic and other Litvish yeshivas that between the wars were actually technically in Poland, Baranovich, Kamenets. So he ended up being essentially uh, Litvish Talmud, came to America after the war, ended up on the Lower East Side, ended up very close to Rav Moshe Feinstein. It said that uh, Rav Moshe would actually call him and talk to him about Shilas that came up. So he's a very Hashavet Talmud Chachem and a product of Litvish yeshivas. Some, he taught in yeshivas of Yaakov Yosef, his RJJ, uh, for many years, and then he moved to Bar Park, where he opened his own yeshiva, and his family continues the yeshivas and whatever, svarim, Torah that he uh, wrote and composed and is being published. So Rav Tovia Goldstein is the one who introduces this question. And the question he writes is, is it mutter to send a letter on Erev Shabbos through the mail where there are yidin who are employed? Because surely those Yidin will be over on Isak Siva Minatayra. He also mentions, which ends up being a footnote to the discussion, but he also mentions you can have a similar question when you deposit, uh, you write a check for a bank. The bank might process, it happens to be part of the original question. The Shaila is, is this Lifne Iver Minatayra? Is this just Messiah Midir Or is it completely Mutter? And of course, he's uh, essentially raising an issue, creating an issue, as some uh, might complain when people do this, but it's, uh, it's a shayla. Is this, is this an issue? As from a Yidin who live among many uh, less from Yidin, obviously there's a Sibshavis, but still felt trapped by the uh, American employment landscape. Obviously, as the 50s uh, were carrying on, from Jews found more ways to, to keep Shabbos and to find employment that respected Shabbos. And as might be relevant to this discussion, at a later point in 1964, the Civil Rights Act was passed, 
uh, when the government officially acknowledged that an employer should uh, provide religious accommodation to an employee uh, as long as it's within reason, whatever the exact legal uh, language is and standard is, and this kind of, uh, some of the more extreme questions of what's considered accommodation still comes up before the court till today, but generally it's taken that keeping Shabbos and letting people off for Shabbos, especially since the five-day work week has been accepted, is generally considered reasonable accommodation. So that might change this whole discussion anyway. But back then, there are still a lot of Yidden that are working in the post office. Now, it's not clear how many Yidden would still even find themselves with that type of employment today. So you still have a lot of Yidden working in the post office, still working their way up through the ranks in American society. You still have Yidden that might want to keep Shabbos, but feel that they have no choice. They're being kept uh, at work over Saturday. Um, uh, and of course, there are other Yidden who are even further along who might not care. So this is the question he's raising. So the question, so he begins by discussing this as a classic Lifnei Ivra question. It's L'chayra, today Avra Denara, your piece of mail is in your house, the Yid's never going to get it, you go deposit it in the mailbox, the Yid either picks it up or bring, gets brought to the post office and then the Yid in the post office processes it. So you have essentially brought this item to, to this Yid and enabled him to be thereby with this item that you gave him. So is this classic And he says right away, this is a very difficult And this is interesting, he already mentions this, this is a part of the discussion, that there are many Jewish maestas, many offices, that perhaps were sending a lot of fundraising mail, and uh, Friday's the last day in the office in the, from Maestad, so the mail dump of the week would be uh, finished and sent off, sent out on Friday. So you take your big pile of mail, send it to the post office, put it in the mailbox. And uh, so essentially, Frumayidin themselves are potentially responsible for many thousands of items of mail being processed Friday and Shabbos. And he's speaking from the perspective of, let's try to help them, let's try to defend them, let's stand up for them. It's hard to say that everyone's doing the wrong thing, that everyone's being nichshel. So it's possible that he wasn't literally the first person to think this up. Could be the Yeshiva Shevelt or whatever was already having this discussion about Penn. He decided to write about it on Clara, as we shall see, it became a big discussion, certainly afterwards. So it begins by being Magda, you have this mystical of Neivar, today Avra Danara. So the way he frames it is though, what if the Nazir already has wine in his own house, right? The classic case is you're giving the wine to the Nazir. No, what if the Nazir has plenty of wine in his own house, where he comes from? You're not giving him anything that he doesn't already have. You're just giving him more of what he already has. Is that the Neivar or is it not the Neivar? Obviously, in this case, we're saying that the equivalent case would be where the Nazir is for sure going to drink both, meaning there are other cases where you have multiple possibilities for being even if naive, the question is, will he use this one? Will he use that one? What if you assume that he's going to just drink everything? He's going to drink what he has at home. He's going to drink what you give him now. So, will you machshel him, or he's already being nechshel? Uh, you were the one that caused him to drink. He, hadn't, uh, he wasn't going to drink before. So he says, really, this is, uh, this is a discussion we're showing him. Uh, there are cases with giving animals to a guy 
where it sounds like even if the guy has the animal, it might still be an issue to give him another animal, whether the guy might be Revea the animal, or the guy might be Mesaris the animal. The guy who is going to be nixed with every behemoth that he has. So from these makayers, it sounds like that every additional opportunity, even when it's involving a guy, is considered lifnaiver. So that would be a problem. So even if they're already sitting in the post office and they're being nixed anyway, but every piece of mail that you add, if they are processing it and it involves ksiva, so you're being machshul, then they're being nixed. <coughs> However, there's another mahalach, there's another sheet on the Rishayna. It says, there's a, a ritva on a me'iri. What's pshat on the ritva? But he quotes the me'iri. The me'iri seems to say very clearly, Kol ma'asher nasar, mishum lefnei iver, imu yochel likach me'oisei dover b'zulaseinu. If he was able to, literally, you're the one who made it possible, you're the one who gave it to them, they wouldn't have been able to do it without you. And he says, Kol shakein, im hayim ha'oisei dover b'yodei, if he already has it. Ah, you're giving him more? Eim is on the sinus mechshel. So it's not lifna even bidaraisa, it takes you down a level, it takes you down a notch, it's possibly misayeah, which is an isidrabanan, which can cover certain cases in which lifna even doesn't apply, you still might be over misayeah, midrabana. He continues discussing a bit the ritva, taisvis, this, that. Okay, but let's see we have a shita, Yishayinim, shita me'idi in the ritva. So we have a heter barim in that if you send a male on Arab Shabbos, you're not over him in either, even though it's Re'avra Denara, because we know they're being over in Isser Ksiva regardless. So you're just being marbe be'isser, and it's not lifna even in Atayra, l'shita sam. Ay, what about Nesayeh? Nesayeh, Midrabanan. So he says, well, first of all, there's one heter that's mentioned. There's a... <clears throat> Shach, the Shach says that Misayeh doesn't apply to a mummer. You're dealing with a mummer, someone who's already a uh, mummer lekalatayra, mummer to yanam entayra. So mummer lechal Shabbos is, uh, is is way way up there. That's considered uh, a mummer. So if he's already mummer lechal Shabbos, so you're not. What are you adding? You just you're not over Misayeh when you're enabling him to be over on more. I, uh, that hetter is not so, uh, not so clear. Into hetter butter, different achrein disagree. He says, oh, we have a better hetter. <clears throat> this is a ksav cipher that says, as machadish, that isr meseyeah might be broader in certain ways, but it's also limited in certain ways. Meseyeah is only if it's bishas meisahaveda. If you're there right when the aveda is happening and you make it happen, then it's awesome. But if it's shaloi bishas aveda, then it's fine. So, bazai. You're not handing the mail to the Yid on Shabbos. You're putting the mail in the box and out of Shabbos. And then ultimately, it ends up, it's not B'Shasa Yisr B'Chlal. And then later, B'Shasa Yisr, the Yid has it and he does what he does. Ebazoi, you're not ever Messiah. That was essentially Reptuvia Goldstein's binion of how he presented it, how he was mocked the question, and how he solved the problem and said, you know what, it's not such a problem. He says, by the way, this is not the only issue, not the only such issue you might come up with. If you start thinking about it, what about the garbage? You put the garbage out for pickup. Maybe there's some Jews that work in the sanitation department. Maybe not as many as in the post office, but maybe there are some. Um, Etc. But he says, we're going to stick to what we discussed here. He says, Bekitzer, quantum me'ili in the ritva, it's mutter, and it shouldn't be ishim as well. 
So he's asking, he's trying to open a conversation. Interestingly, <clears throat> two issues later, issue 53 of Amor, he prints two letters, not from Rabbanim at all, but from people who are described as posters heard about Rav Goldstein's article, and they're writing in to Amor with their take, with their feedback. <clears throat> So one is signed by someone whose name appears to be Joe Isaacs. It's written all in Hebrew. Uh, I imagine they might have written in other languages and he translated it into Hebrew for Hamar, whatever the case may be. Rabbi Amsel, my, my, my rabbi, showed me Rabbi Goldstein's article and uh, it sounds like there's like a new campaign to uh, get people to stop sending mail and I have Shabbos. He says, believe me, there are many postal workers uh, among us who uh, are, in, are interested in religion and we'd be very happy if we were uh, released for Shabbos and the tremendous amount of mail that we get on weekends is the only reason why we're being kept at the post office. So thank you very much. Uh, then Rabbi Amsel adds his own Ha'ara, Ha'ara, Samarachas. Rabbi Goldstein's article made a big reishim. Uh, even outside of the rabbinic circles, and many postal workers were, took an interest as well, and they send any re- reiterates what uh, what they're saying. Um, so this is apparently at this point the discussion is really two different questions. There's the question of stam as a yid if you want to be nizir and not be nichshon lifneiver and being causing chelus shabbos. Is this an iser? And then there's another question which was. If we as a friend community all band together and stop sending all this mail and our Shabbos, will that, even if it's mutter, technically, will that help? Will that be beneficial to a certain number of Yidin who are in the postal uh, office, postal system, who uh, might be released from their uh, wardrobe, who seems to be uh, saying the same thing? I suggest, he says, Rabbi Goldstein's article be translated into Yiddish and into English and be publicized far and wide. People should avoid sending mail on Friday. Okay? Discussion continues. In issue number 57, so this is already Tishrei Tazayan, we already have made it into the next year, and that's the pace at which uh, these types of discussions used to go, apparently. <clears throat> so someone by the name of Shalom HaKain Weiss writes in. And he writes, who, who is he? So I looked him up a bit, not as not a name that I was familiar with before, but he was uh, a Rav that was born in Hungary. Il is famously in Hungary um, <clears throat> in 1922, and he was a Rav there short for a bit after the war as well, and then he, uh, he ended up here, and he had a shul in Bar Park, and he called himself the Rav of Il, he had a shul Beis Shleime, and uh, he printed a lot of Sfarim. Uh, I don't know if he was strongly affiliated with anyone in particular or not, but the Chashev Hungarian Rav, when he passed away in Tavshin Samach, all the Chashev Haredish Rabbanim and Rebbe's all came to be masked with him. So he responded. So you're seeing this uh, type of communication between uh, different uh, Rabbanim from different backgrounds. <clears throat> So he says in Hamar, number 51, Rabbi Goldstein, Goldstein raised this issue, and he says, Taka, a major, major question, and this affects all aspects of our lives. There are more irreligious Jews than there are religious Jews, and we're surrounded by them at all times, and we're interacting with them at all times, and uh, really we should maybe have the Fnaiver in our mind at every moment, because who knows what interaction could uh, create a Fnaiver problem. So, uh, for example, you have uh, grocery stores that uh, sell treif 
what happens when a religious Jew uh, walks in? You're, you're trying to just uh, have a, a grocery store not limited to the from community. I don't know how many from grocery stores there were at the time. I guess there were more that were uh, not limited to the from community. So are you being martial people when you're by trade, etc.? That's he's just throwing that in to. <clears throat> And show how Lufnaiver is a, a question that can affect many aspects of life. So he also launches into this discussion from the same angle. Oh, there's a Shita Saritva. He says, Ah, oh, Shita Saritva. <laughs> Can't just quote the Shita Saritva without any additional context. And maybe here's where you see the difference between Litvashir Abanim and uh, Hungarian Abanim. Litvashir Abanim, like Ramesh Feinstein, very much tended to uh, take a look at Gemara, Yishayinim, come up with the Mahalach. They weren't uh, as concerned with checking, uh, cross-checking every single shot that might have uh, discussed the same topic. Hungarian Abanim, uh, by training, were a lot more likely to. Uh, be familiar and quote and take into consideration everything that anyone might have said on the topic. So he says, "Ha the ritva, the shut be That's taka. He called his shul be uh, So uh, and he was related. Uh, I don't. Know, it says or there was definitely a relation there, a connection there. He says, uh, "Not uh, the be says it's not so pashat uh, in these types of situations." Maybe we can reinterpret it. But in ahead, the Meiri was probably published more, more recently, so the Meiri wasn't as uh, powerful and influential in these halachic discussions. And the Ritva can be uh, taken in different ways. <coughs> so that's he launches into the discussion, and then uh, interestingly, it says Hamshich Yavayim The Hamshich. This is in Tishrei. The Hamshich came in Adar, so you have to wait half a year to find out what the punchline was. In the meanwhile, so here comes the, maybe the most exciting part, the part that uh, the Mashpia remembered all these years later. So in issue number 59, section for people to write in. So there's a short, half a column of text, a letter from Rav Menachem Per, a rabbi in Ozon Park. Rav Menachem Per uh, also, I think, had a Litvish uh, background. <coughs> And um, he, uh, he ended up being a rabbi in Ozen Park, South Ozen Park in Queens for many years. Um, had a Litvish background when he was more of an American rabbi, but an American rabbi who actually cared about Chil Shabbos apparently and things like that. I understand that he has a son who wrote a biography of his father, um, which I have not had the chance to see. I was, uh, it was implied to me that there might be more information, more background on his father's involvement in this whole topic, <clears throat> but I haven't uh, had the chance to get to the book or to the author, the Rabbi Per's son. But the Rabbi Per writes in, and he says, I ask that you publish this short shiva that I received from Arav Agoyen, etc., Baron Kotler, Shlita. So he's clearly involved in some capacity himself, but it seems to be mainly getting letters from others, as we shall see, Robert Cutler and others, as we'll see in later issues as well. And this is the following that was planned, uh, letters and uh, shipments through the mail in Arab Shabbos or Arab Yamtuf, and places, Shemitsuyim L'Roiv, which, which Papashtus means there are, there are many, not Arroiv, L'Roiv, means there are many Jewish workers in the, in the post office, and this leads, leads to Chil Shabbos, Hadavar Pashut Leisur, the Oivrim Belav the Lifnei Iver. So he goes out and just makes a statement, a blanket statement. Obviously, the Oivrim Lifnei Iver, Vyesh Levar Hadavar Barucha Vein Kan Makim. I'm not going to explain anything. I'm just going to give you a statement. But the halach is clear. He says, I've already gotten my yeshiva's office not to send mail on Erev Shabbos and Erev Yom Tif. 
And there are other good reasons to avoid this. Vahimar, Shalim, etc. Vahabdim, Akira, signed Rabbi Kotler. So, he doesn't go out and just say, look, we, we need to get, uh, there. I hear there are Yidden working in the post office, and it would be a great help to them. He goes all the way and says, Pashit, you're over, lift the and there are other reasons. So, a few issues later, number 61, Adar, Tafshin Tazai, meanwhile, of Rabbi Weiss uh, of Eel, uh, continues, picks up where he left off. So, he wasn't very convinced by the whole Ritva thing that Tafshin uh, Goldstein was relying on. But then he quotes, so I think I may have quoted this once before, I didn't have a chance to go check whether I did and what the context was, but essentially the tshuva from Shlema Kluger about the concept of hal itehu, where sometimes we say, this person uh, likes Avedis, do I have to prevent him? And from a situation in which he'll be over and the Avedis likes to be over, I don't have to, hal itehu, hal itehu l'rash v'yamais, let him, chas uh, v'shalom, get stuffed on his own uh, poison. <clears throat> So I'm not sure, what? Perhaps. Um, I'm not sure how often Halitayu was invoked in Halach. Uh, Hazal use it for specific things, maybe Shemitah related or, or whatever, uh, which were, there were challenges at the time, at the time of Hazal, at certain large numbers of Yidin, were Nikshal, in certain major categories of Halach. But subsequently, I'm not sure there really was that kind of metzias. Maybe time, around the time of Rishlam Kluger, you start seeing larger numbers of irreligious Jews, and maybe that was uh, uh, good timing for bringing this concept back. Uh, so Rishlam Kluger says that the Torah is only if we don't know otherwise that he would be over on the Saveda anyway. Then the Torah says, because maybe if you don't give it to him, you have to feel that there's a chance that your action, your prevention is making a difference. And he quotes the Mishnah, different things. <coughs> And he says, that's asked by a yid, not by a guy. Meaning some of these mechaitists have made it sound like even if the guy has uh, already a behemoth, you can't give him another behemoth. He says, talk by a guy, even if he was already over. He says, maybe Stam a guy doesn't know that it's Asr. He's like a shaykh, which is a very interesting thing to say. Because usually when we talk about Shavuot Zbirinayach, we say the opposite. We say that a guy is Chayv Misa right away, automatically. He doesn't get that extra room of, oh, he didn't know. But you know, every time you're giving him another opportunity, it's a more of an issue. But yeah, the Vada knows it's an Aveda, and he's doing the Aveda anyway. So we have no Achrayas. The other Achrayas felt that up, and uh, it's no problem. Uh, then he quotes the ready other. So this is he's essentially saying, Sean Weiss is saying, this is not a, maybe this particular uh, iteration of the question is new, but Achrayim uh, have been talking about uh, different variations of Lifnaivir in the last 200 years. They have a lot to say about it. Say about the Ritva, say this idea from the Shlema Kluger. Now the question is. We mentioned that someone who's Mechal Shabbos might be a mummer. Now, I've told you, Goldstein mentioned that as perhaps a tzad lahakal, that you're not even a messiah. 
<laughs> he says the question is if according to Rabbi Shlomo you only mutter by a year, then you're also by a guy and a mummer lechal Shabbos as a din like a guy. So do we say that a mummer lechal Shabbos is like a guy also lahakel? That uh, well, how does it how is it going to work? I Meaning if you say it's mamish like a guy, then you have to be machmer like a guy. You're going to tell me no, he's like a guy, but only lahakel uh, that certain things that I'm not allowed to do with the yid, I'm allowed to do with the yid. But things that I'm not allowed to do with the guy, I'm still allowed to do with him because he's a yid. Akabarim, that's the that's the kav that he goes in, and that that would be the direction in his view to discuss and to be. That would be the what the kula, what the uh, hatter would look like if you can't be nizer. But kol ba'al nefesh yachush la'atzmoi lotzis midei chashoshes livchar aderach yisur betuchem mikol nezek. Better to avoid it. That was what uh, Rabbi Weiss. That was his take on it. <clears throat> then, interestingly, comes another shtickle here by Rabbi Yitzhak Meir Hakayan Rappaport, the Rav of Prague in Brooklyn. Uh, also another a name that I wasn't uh, especially familiar with, though apparently you know, those who know the names of uh, more obscure Rabbanim would have heard of him. So he responds, and he actually gets a few uh, digs in at uh, Rav Aaron Cutler, which is interesting to see also, like I said, back then to see in a Kaivitz where everybody could uh, write in what they felt and uh, so he says, there's Rabbi Weiss, there's Rabbi Goldstein, the Ritva, not the Ritva. And then he says in Chiveris 59, it's like a declaration. He says, the whole conversation is misplaced. Everyone forgot that the post office, you're not handing things to Yidden over here, you're handing things to the post office. The post office is a government agency. And we are, we pay taxes, we pay for the stamps, and we put our mail in the mailbox, and we're giving it to the Gaisha government agency, and that's it. We give no further instructions. She says, hey, Bazaar, well, if it's Lifnei, Dilifnei, you put it somewhere, and then from there, it ultimately can get to the Yid. Lav Dafka, is the same problem. <clears throat> so he says is a lot is a much better way to explain why this is not a problem. It goes through different Mikaitis. So he says this would be an addition. Who says your thing is even been given to Yid? And not everything from Arab Shabbos even gets processed on Shabbos. A lot of it just gets pushed off to Monday. So there's no, uh, there's no direct cause and effect here that you are automatically, you're like handing it to you. You're not handing it to you at all. He says, I saw Rabbi Goldstein in one line talk and mention that he rejected it. Rabbi Goldstein didn't like the Lefne de Lefne. I don't understand why he rejected it. This is, the, this is the correct way of looking at it. So right here, we're not even telling the government what to do. We just put it in the mailbox and the government can do whatever it wants. It can wait a day, it can wait two days, it can wait three days, it can give it to this one, it can give it to that one. We have no direct say in what's going to happen next. <clears throat> so say, Bazai, I don't see the reason why we're making everyone crazy with Nuxedus. He says, if it was taka true, that if the whole Jewish world got together and we don't send mail on Friday, then all the Yidden are going to be sent home from the post office from their jobs, then maybe I could see uh, an art to say, oh, we should make a Zeta. 
But unfortunately, it's not going to help at all if thousands of Yidden send their mail on, uh, if a few thousand Yidden send their mail on Thursday, nothing's going to change. We're not causing the Chalash Shabbos. And then he concludes, and we would very, very much love to see any reasons and explanations for what uh, Baron Cutler said. Maybe he found in Shas Bavin Yushalmi another Shash that for, for that reason he holds with certainty that it's Osir to give. He's, he's, he's obviously being somewhat sarcastic about it. And he's also skeptical that uh, the Jewish community can make much of a difference in terms of the employment of the Yidden working in that either way. <clears throat> a few issues later, number 65, this is already Menachem Av, Tavshin Tazayin. Um, if I said the date when, uh, when Aaron Cutler's thing was published, so I'll say it again. That was Kislev Tazayin. Just in case you want to uh, place the story with the Rebbe, if it happened, so it would have been around Kislev Tavis time. Uh, but the conversation continued, like I said, Abba Rappaport wrote in. <coughs> Abba Rappaport was, uh, I think, had more of a Polish uh, background. So you have Polish Rabbanim, Hungarian Rabbanim, different views, different perspectives, etc. Uh, a few issues later, and, uh, of number 65, of Tazayin number 65, uh, Rav Shlema Brain writes in. Of course, Rav Shlema Zalman is the Zayda of the Brain of Crown Heights author of Sharm Tanah Ba'alacha, and he writes in, he says, oh, I see you're having this whole discussion about mail. Sharm Tanah Ba'alacha, Chelek Beis, I already discussed this, and I already quoted the Ksav Sefer, and I quoted this one, I quoted that one, that Misayaya is only if it's Bishas Maisa, but if it's not Bishas Maisa, if it's Friday, there's no answer yet, it's not a problem. So that's what he wrote in to remind everyone that he'd already addressed it. But as we can see, Rabbi Per did not rest, did not stop, and he continued, and Nisan Tavshin Yudzayin, a whole year later, from the whole year after the previous thing he submitted, he submitted another two letters that he received from Litvisher Rashi Shiva. So he's just sticking to that crowd. So he brought another two Rashi Shivas in who also just do the exact same thing. Uh, Remendel Zax. So Remendel Zax was uh, famously um, a son in law of the Chafetz Chaim. He was involved in the Mission of Bruder to some extent. He uh, was a Rosh Hashim in Radin, and then when he came to America, he ended up at YU, at uh, the Yeshiva, Yeshiva Sabitzkel Hanan, and he was Rosh Hashiva and a Boichen, and then he retired and passed away in Eretz Yisrael. So Ramendel Zax wrote to Rabbi Per, so it's addressed to Rabbi Per, says, regarding your question, if you're allowed to send, and it's causing a takala for the workers. The way I heard from you and the way I heard from others that there are many Jewish postal workers complaining, that's how he phrases it, because they're, they're all complaining, and they're frat, the Maestas Hatayra that are sending all this mail, and besides that uh, you get the same punishment as you're from, it's also the level of Nehevli Sitin Mikshel, that's from Mendel Zaks, and he also got from Moshe Chevreini, who was Rosh Hashiva of Chevron, Slabatka, in Eretz Yisrael, Moshe Chevreini, wrote, uh, I'm schlepping in Rosh Hashivas from Yisrael, what happens in New York is that uh, you're sending mail out of Shabbos, as good as the bad, so they're all saying it's totally, totally, obviously, without actually elaborating, whenever any mice that send mail are doing the wrong thing, and that's it. Um, and that's really how the discussion ended. A few issues later, someone else wrote in to Amar saying, by the way, what's the story with mail and Arab Shabbos? And Marech says, oh, glad you asked. We had a whole discussion about it over the last uh, while. So what else do we know about... Uh, so that's, that's what I found in Amar. There's more 
to the story a little bit, uh, especially as we'll get soon to that the fact that Ramesha Feinstein also had some significant statements uh, that he made on this topic. So, but in the biography of uh, Baron Kudler, they uh, describe this, they quote a Talmud who might have even been there when the Chashash was uh, Nisair. A certain Talmud said he was there and Baron was about to send a mail out of Shabbos and suddenly he stopped and he said, Oi, well, what if there's a year that works in the post office? Can we follow the Rav? If you not follow the Rav, and that is an important question which we'll get to about the, the Rav, uh, as we'll see. But he wasn't sure if we should follow the Rav or not. Uh, so therefore, he decided not to send it. And then Rabbi Per actually was publicizing in the, in the Jewish Observer. The Jewish Observer was, uh, then at some point they stopped. <clears throat> I don't remember uh, when it began, but uh, it might have been all the way back then. Uh, he was publishing ads in the Jewish Observer being Ma'ayra that uh, Yidin and Maistas should not send mail on Arab Shabbos. So there was clearly a larger campaign going on with uh, Rabbi Per's involvement and perhaps even Rabbi Kotler's involvement. Uh, and then, that's all it says in the biography. That's where they leave it. So that is probably more correct and verified. <laughs> a lot of Svarim quote this following story. The B'Shem is safer called Arches Chasidecha. Arches Chasidecha says that one day, Baron Kadler found out that they didn't work in the post office on Shabbos. So he turned to the, the directorship of the post office and said, please, give the Yidin off. Let them release them for Shabbos. Said, Sorry, we can't. The Yiddish and Moistus are sending so much mail on Friday that there's no way we can let them go. I said, oh yeah, Bazoi, we have to make a campaign. So he made a campaign and he ran from Moisad to Moisad and he got them, he told them you have to stop sending mail on Friday and it got so ungenomen that it's usser that they stopped. Everyone knew that you don't have to send mail on Shabbos and the amount, the volume of mail dropped so dr- drastically that they let all the Yidden go home for Shabbos. So I'm assuming that that's uh, maybe like a yeshiva lunchroom version of the, uh, the parsha. Uh, unless there's uh, more evidence of uh, what happened then, I'm sure, like I said, there could be more information out there that I didn't find. What's interesting now is to see that actually there was a major Paisic that uh, addressed what uh, Byron Cutler was arguing, and that is Ramesha Feinstein. Uh, and Igris Meisha Chelek Hay, which contains Ayra Chaim Chelek Gimel, so this, in Simim and Vav, there's a letter, a tshuva from Tavshin Chav Gimel, so a bit later already, but I guess still when this was considered to be an issue. A letter to someone, the main question, the title of the tshuva is about someone who didn't want to wear a gartel to Shul on Shabbos. I don't know, maybe he, was, uh, he wore a short jacket, he didn't feel comfortable putting uh, a gartel and walking in the streets. So he wanted to know if he can somehow like, wrap the gartel around his uh, collar and tie his tie to it, make some contraption that the, the gartel's kaviyachol holding his tie. And Maisha explains to him that no, that's not how it works at all. And you can't stick gartlach and belts uh, wherever. It has to be over a particular lavush and be holding that lavush in place. And it has to be the kind of lavush which you would want to hold in place. You can't put it over your undershirt, Erev Meisha says. Because you wouldn't want your undershirt to be straight. Right? So in Chabad Tak, uh, people that put uh, another thing under their shirt over the tzitzis, they want to hold their tzitzis in place. That's different. Meisha doesn't mention that possibility, but it makes more sense. Uh, not an undershirt, not this, not that. He says, Misha doesn't fail to mention that really you don't need a gartel today anymore anyway because the gartel is just to separate Ben Lev Erva. Now we all have tight uh, pants uh, with a waist of the pants or we have a belt. So it's dumb for, you know, extra. Obviously, as we know, Litvish are not mocked by wearing a gartel. But at any rate, you would have to wear it over your top baguette or else no. But then the last paragraph. The last paragraph says, 
ובדבר לשלח בכתוב מערב שבס קודש, ידי הבי דייר, places where there are יהודים, like New York, Brooklyn, even though they are the מיעוט, and the רויב are גויים, And even among the Yidden that work there, many of them are Shemesh Shabbos, he says. They do go home for Shabbos. There's just a miyot of Mechalei Shabbos. But since there are some Yidden that work there, Min HaRoi LaHachmer, so on the one hand he says, be right to be Machmer, Af She'en Yadua Iser Bar Bazeh. So, pushing back against those who say, Dover Pashat Le'Iser, he says, I don't know what the Iser would be, because since the Roiv are Goyim, there's, follow the Roiv. That's it. And if it's, not, it's a place, not like Brooklyn, where there aren't even Mitsuyan, it's not like there are tons of Yidin, it's not common that there are Yidin, even though you could still say, what if theoretically there's a Yid, who knows? Well, what's interesting is, is that the last few years, uh, an article from Moshe Feinstein has printed uh, a safer series called Mesodus Moshe. Now, this article from Moshe is a bit of a controversial fellow, um, and what he writes wouldn't necessarily be believed automatically, but what he claims is that he was keeping notebooks the entire time as he was an anical sitting by Moshe's side, and that he essentially transcribed all the conversations and all the interactions that were going on at the time. Whatever I have looked at personally always seems to check out and fit and stim with whatever we do know about any particular episode. I was talking to Herbert Leibowitz today, and he said that he, even he's macabre because he thinks that uh, the uncles, uh, Reuven Feinstein, or David Feinstein, or Moshe's sons, wrote this very special haskama for the Sefer to, they know it's essentially what people's concerns are, and they are you know, affirming, confirming that they do believe that this is all accurate. So with all of those caveats and disclaimers, it's interesting, I came across, that Messiah Moshe Chele Gimel, he writes, a chash of a rav asked me about mail on Shabbos. Doesn't say a name. Who was the rav? Probably Rabbi Per. And he sent me a letter from one of the Gedolims outside. Doesn't say a name. But what's the quote? Hadavar Pashut Le'isr. Obviously, that's a Maran Kotlin. And he sent me a copy of another Gadol who wrote, Vadish Le'yofa Isim. That's, you can see, is the quote from Ramesha Chavreini. So, this is what was brought to Ramesha's attention. So, Ramesha said, it's written in Hebrew, but the Hebrew tracks very much with the Yiddish syntax. If you know that a Yid will be over an Isser, then it's Aser. So, meaning, essentially, Ramesh disagrees with the idea that Rav Goldstein was saying, that uh, you're just being Moisif. In the footnote, he says, well, I asked him, what if you're just, aren't you just being Moisif to what he has already? So Moshe says, it's a taina, but it would start depending, you didn't want to go down that route. He says, if you know for sure, then it's awesome. Because if you know that your local mailman who picks the mail up will show up, and show, if you know that, that would be a problem. But he says, if you know that you're not working, but you don't know that Afka is going to deal with this letter. So if Raif workers are Goyim, the Torah is matter. And we assume that every single letter will be processed by a guy because in Torah, we follow the Roiv. He says, Torah doesn't work with statistics. In statistics, you say, if 30% uh, of the workers are Yidin, then 30% of the male will be processed by Yidin. And Meshach says, we specifically reject that way of looking at it. The Torah says we follow the Roiv. So 100% of letters, we assume, will be processed by Goyim. That's just how we look at it. That's how we think about it. And he says, That's what he quotes of Mesha saying. Mesha says, uh, We see that we're making Lifnei even more than other Yisurim. You have the Lifnei de Lifnei idea. So it's Mutu Lechatchila if it's Lifnei de Lifnei. 
So even if you knew for sure that Ayyad would carry the letter, Rabbi says, in essence, actually, maybe it's not a problem because it's lefnei de lefnei. You only brought it to the, the mailbox or to the post office. That's already tzara. He and Rabbi didn't want to fully commit to those other lines of reason. But Rabbi like he wrote in the Tshuva, it's so simple. Zerayv Goyim, end the discussion. Ramesha said, I never went and told people that it's okay because no one asked me. But I was never mech if I saw people sending mail on Friday. And the MS, you can't be mech. better to bring the mail on the first half of Friday. Uh, so you give them room to theoretically finish processing, doing their work before Shabbos comes in. But even that's not the Yikuva, because again, Roiv Goyim, Roiv workers are Goyim. Then he says, another opportunity, Yan Rashi Shiva called Rav Moshe directly to agitate, to say, well, we're making... And Rav Moshe himself answered the telephone. And he says, Rav Moshe said, if That's that's what he says, Rav Moshe said. And oh, the Gansa Metzius that you know that they're Yidin, that are working, has not, is garnished, connected the Metzius of Teira. Teira is Matir Mitzad Raif. And like in every case, we are Seymach and Reif and Chazaka. You think every time you're Seymach and Chazaka uh, to be Matir and Eishas Ish, you think 100% of cases the husband Taka was uh, talking out around? There are cases, statistically, there are cases in which the Chazaka doesn't uh, hold up. But we follow Chazaka. The Yana Rosh said, yeah, it's so simple that we're Matulif and even when there's a Reif. By the way, that's how in the biography, that's Taka how it's stated as well. That he wasn't sure whether Reif works here or not. That was also how he phrased or framed the question. So Yana Rosh said, yeah, we're Matulif and even when there's a Reif. So why, can, uh, why is it also to sell things to Goyim who might resell it to Yidin? Sounds like it's just a, on a chance, on a possibility. Moshe said, obviously, in those cases, Reif uh, customers are Yidin. So it was so obvious, didn't have to say that. But obviously, it's only in a case where Reif are Yidin when you're just being Cheshesh uh, for Lifni Ivar indirectly. And that goes on, but that's essentially what, uh, what Rav Moshe said. Um, it's already uh, 6 o'clock, so I'm just going to conclude uh, quickly. There's a, I found the show of Menashe Klein. Menashe Klein writes a whole Aruchas about how it's Mutter. And he said, then he comes to Rabbi Aaron Cutler's letter. He quotes it. He says, "Ah, what about the letters?" He says, "No, I think Rabbi Aaron meant that Shemitsuyim Shom Reiv Yehudim." He sort of uh, rereads and fudges the word. There's Reiv Yehudim, but the Pashtos, that's not the Pshat. Rabbi Aaron wrote Lorev, just means that there's many of them. And if in the whole discussion, as it's described elsewhere, no one ever claimed that there were Reiv Yehudim anywhere. That was never. It was just a large number, but never Reiv. But that's Rabbi Nasha Klein's charitable uh, way of making everything stem nicely. He also goes off into a whole discussion as to whether even the even Ivan is Siva, but what are they doing? They're stamping, they're being mechalical. He has a whole uh, technical discussion of that. There's also Rabbi Shol David Harpinus, who's a Paisik in Williamsburg, writes about it. And he also mentions that he heard that some Yeshamayim or Machmin had to send mail in Arab Shabbos. And this discussion of Rav, and he says, Oh, I heard that it was started by Yerush Shiva. He quotes the whole story from Orchis Hasidacha about how all the Yidden lived happily ever after. So anyway, at this point, the law has changed. Jews have freedom to take off. And certainly Rabbi Harpus doesn't care about a Yid who has the ability to take off a Shabbos and doesn't. Then certainly I don't think he, uh, he minds. And others have mentioned as well that all kinds of things have changed in the reality. So even those that were Machmer Amol, Lavdafka would be Machmer anymore based on how the Metzius is today. And in conclusion regarding the Rebbe, so first of all, so it's very interesting to see how this Mashpia Zikarin about the, that he wrote this and the Taka turned out to be 100% true. So uh, his Namanus is looking pretty good right now. 
do we have to believe the second half of the story? You don't have to. Uh, you know. Also, we can be done and discuss. You know, what exactly do we know the exact history as to? Was this a large mail dump every Friday, like the other maestas sending out all their mail for the week? Was this just preposterous? I would think that in the Rebbe's office, they sent mail immediately every single day. And they, there was no, nothing that they uh, had on Friday that they could have sent on Thursday. Whatever they sent on Friday, preposterous was for Friday. It's also not stam fundraising. It's uh, often pikuach nefesh, vichtike zach. And I'm sure the Rebbe knew that there was no Yiddish mailman coming and picking it up. I imagine in that case, the Rebbe would have been uh, more chayshish. Uh, so... It's hard to know for sure if anybody has any more concrete information about what the story was, the mosquitoes with the Rebbe, I'd be happy to hear. But that is the story of Gachavis.